This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Is Aaron Rodgers going to be a Green Bay Packer in 2023? It's been the question of the offseason. It's going to be the first domino to fall in terms of what quarterback ends up where. And we discuss with one of his former teammates and former Packer coming up in just a second. It's Canty Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM Channel 80. Also catch us on your smart speaker. ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. I'm Gabe Knights along with Ian Fitzsimmons as we fill in for the guys today. And we welcome in one of the co-hosts of Wildey and Tausch on 100.5 ESPN in Madison and 94.5 ESPN in Milwaukee. He is Packers Hall of Famer Mark Tauscher. And Tausch, I know you, pal, and I know you've been on the Aaron Rodgers is coming back train. However, did that opinion change today after Brian Gutekunst spoke at the combine? Uh, it did, and I think you know, kind of going through the range of emotions for me and watching. I thought after the season, you know, we we all remember everybody that pays close attention to the Green Bay Packers in June. Aaron Rodgers when we reported for the mini camp. It said, I'm going to retire a Green Bay Packer. And we thought that was the end of it. And then you started seeing some things. After the season, I still was convinced he's not going to retire. <clears throat> he's got $60 million to, uh, reasons to come back. And then after that exit meeting and when he went on McAfee, you started first getting the idea that maybe there wasn't going to be that mutual, I want you back and I want to come back and play for you. You started feeling that. And then you hadn't heard anything uh, outside of leaks, you know, and innuendo from NFL insiders. And today was the first time we heard Brian Gutekunst. And this is the first time, even going back to when Aaron was really mad after the Jordan Love draft pick and everything else, that you, the window was open by Brian Gutekunst to say that he may not be back in Green Bay. And that's the first time that he's ever said that. It's always been Aaron Rodgers is going to be our quarterback. Aaron Rodgers is going to be our quarterback. And today was the first time that you got the, you actually heard it from Brian Gutekunst's mouth, that he may not be. And that, to me, was very telling. Tausch, how different is the guy you played with than Aaron Rodgers? You know, and you're in the past, as Gabe mentioned, you're you know, a Green Bay Packer Ring of Honor member. Spent over a decade there blocking for the guy. You know, so go back to your playing days. How different is the man that you played with then compared to what you see now? Well, I mean, I think, you know, I don't know how different he is as a player. I think uh, it would be like asking you, Ian, how much different are you when you were 25 than when you're 40? And if you, you know, how you've grown and everything else. Obviously, everybody grows, everybody evolves. But I think with Aaron, it was, you know, everything was about football for a big stretch of his career. And then, you know, I think when COVID hit, not being at some of the mini camps and OTAs and some of the other things, he has changed. There's no question about that. And I think had all of this stuff continued on as he had played the first, you know, the in 2020 and 2021, I don't think we'd be having these discussions. I think the fact that the Packers brass has looked at it and, you know, they obviously gave a lot of control back to Aaron Rodgers. They gave him the big fat contract. And then the season went the way it did. They basically gave Aaron Rodgers what he wanted outside of keeping Devonte Adams. And the season, they, they did not make the plus. There's seven teams in the NFC made it. Green Bay was eight, eight or nine. And that makes you reevaluate everything. And I think that process, while Aaron is going through his process of whether or not he wants to keep playing, the Packers also have to go through their process and say, we're going to be paying this guy a lot of money 
is and we drafted a guy that we think can play. And we heard Goody today say Jordan Love is ready to be a starting quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. All of that, when you kind of look at it and encapsulate it, that's what made my mind change today in the first time that I'm thinking maybe Aaron Rodgers isn't going to be the quarterback for the Green Bay Packers for the first time in 19 years. All right, so to answer your question, at 25, I was on my second junior year in undergrad. You know, still trying to tackle like <laughs> what are you, a division. So, were you, were you going to be no, a doctor? No. Or what were you doing? I mean, I, I, contrary to Dean Wormer, fat, drunk, and stupid, it was a way to go through college. So there you go, right? I mean, <laughs> being a bookie and a bartender is a bad combination to get out in four or five. So that, to answer that question, there you go. Now, last year, he signs a three years, you know, and the $150 million contract. We all think drama's over. When the drama hit again as a player, how does that impact you? Now, now, now wondering, is this dude want going to play with us or what? Yeah, it, I mean, it definitely weighs on guys. And the people, the players that'll tell you it doesn't, they're lying to you. Because that domino that we're all in the media and fans and, you know, New York Jets and the Raiders, all these other teams are looking at, everybody's waiting on it. The players are too. They're going to continue to go about their business. But what do you think uh, with David Bakhtiari's out and he's having a beer out in Colorado or wherever he lives or Aaron Jones, what do you think people are going to ask him about? Do you think it's going to be, uh, you know, about the weather or do you think people want to know what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers and your team and how your season's going to go and how it's built that all affects you directly. So, it's not a distraction. It's February. You know, we're going into March. That decision time, it is coming. And the players all want to know what's going on, just like the fans do and everybody else. And right now, I think the organization would love to be able to plan and think ahead to how they're going to approach free agency and how they're going to approach the quarterback room. And they're waiting, too. And I don't think anyone really wants to go through that process unless they absolutely have to. And I think in the past, you've seen the Packers – were more than happy because they knew they needed Aaron Rodgers. And now today's comments, it kind of makes you think that Green Bay is, let's get moving here. We have things we need to get doing. It's, it, it, it's just, to me, it was a noted change in tone as far as how the Packers are approaching this compared to how they have in the last couple of offseasons. Mark Tauscher, our guest, he is the co-host of Wildey and Tausch, 100.5 ESPN in Madison, 94.5 ESPN in Milwaukee, former Packer, part of the Packers Hall of Fame. This is Canty Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app. I'm Gabe Knight, so along with Ian Fitzsimmons, filling in for the guys. And Ian has said this earlier today, Tausch, I have heard you say it a thousand times. If you're thinking about retiring, you might as well be retired. Does that apply to Aaron Rodgers, or is he someone who's different that that does not apply to? Well, I mean, I think for most of us, when you start thinking that you're already got one foot out, uh, it does not mean that you can't come back. You should. Everybody that plays football knows the sacrifice and the amount of energy you have to put in in the off season and then to grind through a regular season. It is a lot. So I want to, you want to make sure that you're thinking things through. But there's no doubt. It's a. It kind of goes back to Ian's first question: What the difference is, you know, from Aaron Rodgers now then. Never in a million years when he was 25, 26, do you think about retiring. When you start thinking about that, you're thinking about other things. You're putting time in on other stuff. You you know, I understand how Aaron approached last offseason. It was abundantly clear to me listening to Brian Gutekunst. He didn't want that. Matt LaFleur, they want him there. They want him up in Green Bay more than he was, and they think helping develop the younger players, even though 
older veterans, especially guys that know the system, Matt LaFleur is going into his fifth year, you know that system, but you need to know it with the other guys. And I think all of that is what is the biggest part of what that retirement is going to be. You know, if you're going to retire, you need to, you need to go do those things. There's nothing you, – you have to play football. There's no other, there's no other uh, way to train or do it. You have to be there. You've got to be present, and it is a big commitment. We saw that with Tom Brady this last year. The season didn't go the way he wanted. He obviously had a lot of other things going on in his life. But if you're asking him, was he fully dialed in for the whole time, it's really difficult as you get older and you have other responsibilities. And that's what I think Green Bay really wants to focus in on. If you're going to come back and if we're going to pay you $60 million, are you fully bought in? I thought that was a report last week, and I thought that was really an interesting way to put it because the Packers aren't at the point now where it's just like, whatever you want, Aaron, come on back. I don't think that's the case anymore, and that's what's going to be interesting to see how Aaron reacts to that process as he's making his decisions. How much of what the coaching staff and the front office have seen in Jordan Love impacts what the Packers really want to happen with Aaron Rodgers? I think it makes a huge difference, and I think that's why you've heard some of the, I guess, altering tones today from Brian Gutekunst is that they feel a heck of a lot better about Jordan Love than they did last year at this time. They felt like it was, we need Aaron. We don't have a ton of options behind where he's at. Jordan Love still has a long way to go. And to Jordan's credit, I think he handled – Last offseason, he got all those reps. He did his preseason stuff. He got in some football games last year against Philly. He played pretty good in the limited amount of snaps. And they feel a lot better about his development. They think they can continue to grow with him because they use the first-round pick. I think that is a big part of why you kind of are hearing that change in tone from the Packers' front office is they have a lot more confidence that if they have to go or if they need to go in that direction – Jordan Love will be up to the task. Tausch, we appreciate the time, pal, and I'm sure you're rooting just like everybody else for this saga to come to a close relatively quickly. It would be uh, it would be very nice, but I'll tell you, it is very easy to do a show in the state of Wisconsin right now because it's all Aaron Rodgers all the time. Aaron Rodgers, phone lines are open. Show's over. <laughs> Amen. Appreciate it, Tausch. Amen. See you guys. See you Mark Tausch, your host, Wilde and Tausch, ESPN Wisconsin, joining us here on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Canty and Carlin presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly $700 on average. Call or click today and find out if they could save you hundreds on your car insurance. If there's anything I could change about the league to make it better, probably just all the guys sitting resting. Just play, man. If you 80%, 70, you got to play. You can't make 30 40 $50 million and then sit out games. The only way to fix that problem is to hurt their pockets. For those stars, especially like LeBron, I think those guys enjoy having the extra days off. It's disrespectful to the game, disrespectful to the fans. Because like I say, these fans are paying their hard-earned money. Gabe Notchley and Fitzsimmons filling in for the guys on Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app. And this seems to be one of the bigger problems that the NBA wants to maybe address. It's been a talking point since the All-Star game a couple of weeks ago. Load management in the NBA stars, sitting out games even though they're healthy and potentially available. Uh, And Charles Barkley, when Charles says anything about anything, I'm probably going to listen because I know he's thought about it and he has an interesting take on just about anything. But 
clearly a guy who played in the NBA. And here's what Charles Barkley had to say about load management. I think he kind of went overboard trying to take care of the players. He's trying to do everything possible to get these guys rest. But you can't make $30, 40 $50 million and then sit out games. I think it's disrespectful to the game. I think it's disrespectful to the fans. We're going to have guys making $70, 80000000 million a year. And you can't play basketball three or four days a week. I mean, listen, it ain't like we should working in a steel mill, brother. <laughs> it's fantastic. That, and again, that's why I love hearing from Charles Barkley on just about any sort of topic. We're not How laying asphalt. Is this? Right? I mean, we're not yeah. laying asphalt here in the, in the Texas heat, you know, whatever. You know, I mean, look, it's, this is something that has been going on for a while now. And I don't know where, where when it began. Kawhi Leonard is essentially the poster child, but I just went back and looked at you know the top twenty scores in the NBA right now, mm-hmm. and you have a handful of guys that have played over sixty games. Julius Randle's one with the Knicks. Anthony okay. Edwards is one, you know, uh, with Minnesota. Other than that, of the top twenty scores, that's it. That's the list. Oof. Two guys, two. Most of the top 20 scores have missed at least eight games, maybe 10 games. Now, some do to legit, you know, injuries or, mm-hmm. you know, uh, like, like Luca has hurt, you know, his ankle a couple times and whatnot. So, and he is the NBA's leading scorer right now by, you know, one tenth of a point over Joel Embiid. But bottom line is th- this has become part of the NBA and I think it stinks, but it's not just on the players, you know, because you have NBA front offices and team docs that are now telling guys, hey, and I didn't realize this until we had Raja Bell on, who spent 12 years in the NBA. He was here with us about an hour and a half ago, and you know, he used to be in the Cleveland Cavaliers front office. Yeah, yeah, and, 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 yeah I had no idea that, that you have front office people saying, hey, we need you to take a couple nights off here. And so the players are, are taking the blunt of the blame here, but behind the scenes, Raja kind of peeled back that that curtain a bit and let us know, hey, it's not just the players. There are people and team docs that are telling guys to also rest. So the blunt of the blame is at the feet of the players, but some of the organizations are also default when a, a marquee player is going on the road where a family of four with little Debbie and little Johnny, you know, and, and they, they can't wait to go watch whomever. You know, name a superstar, uh, Kevin Durant, right? And he's being he's out that night, and you don't yep. know, you don't have advance notice, you know. And you 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 spent on average for a family of four to go to an NBA game is for around four hundred and forty dollars. Yep, all in parking tickets, couple of soft drinks, Dude. couple of hot dogs. It gets it, it catches up to you really quick, and, 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 and I, they don't, and, and then they don't play. Man, that that is a problem. For the league, but it's not just the players. It is behind the scenes, some teams also dictating this. So I was with you because you look at the trade deadline wasn't that long ago where we saw Kyrie and KD force their way out of the situation where we see players in the NBA have the power to be able to have the freedom of movement that we have seen in the NBA for the last decade or so. But Raja Bell, as you mentioned, he joined us earlier today on Canty and Carlin, and he had this to say about load management. 
I think the genesis of this and where the finger doesn't get pointed a lot is from ownership and from front office executives and medical teams that first realized that, like, if you could start resting these guys, you know, it gives you this advantage and, and you know, you might be able to avoid the injury bug. And that's typically what, what derails teams that have a real shot at winning championships is whether you avoid that injury bug or not. And so when they started doing it to benefit them, their franchise, the worth of their franchise, the, the championships that their franchise can win, when that started, then there's no honor amongst these, right? Because one sees it, it bears fruit, and the next does it. And I can speak from experience being in the front office with the Cavs. Like, there were times where we were telling people they were taking the night off. This wasn't someone coming into the office and saying, hey, um, David Griffin, I need three nights off. This was a plan in place beginning of the season targeted at making sure guys had a rest. So while the players bear the brunt of, like, the criticism and the finger pointing, I do think it's a bigger picture than that. And this is where, yeah, the the cross-section of what sports are to the athletes versus what they are to us as a fan is interesting. Because it's an entertainment product. At the end of the day, it's an entertainment product. If you're a fan, you're spending your time, your money to be entertained by this. But for the Giannis's and the Embiid's and the LeBron's and Katie's and all these superstars in the NBA, they're, they're worried about their legacy and winning these championships. And clearly you want your team to win a championship, but you also want to be entertained by them over the course of 82 games. And trying to find a delicate balance on that Man, the NBA certainly has decided they don't want a delicate balance on that. The NBA has decided we're cool with these guys sitting unless they come up with some sort of punishment in the new CBA that they're working out to try to get these guys to play more. But if it's coming from the front offices, if it's coming from ownership, I don't know if this is going to be something that is solved through the yeah, CBA. Look, I, I really, I mean, I, we'd heard, you know, bits and pieces of, you know, some teams actually want guys to sit. But not to the the degree that that Raja just kind of you know again peeled back the uh, the curtain and said, "Hey, here's the wizard." It's not just the players. Now, look, man, Kawhi Leonard, you can't tell me that the Clippers doctors are the ones telling him to take you know time off. He's been he's like mm-hmm. the poster child of load management. He really is. But I guarantee you, guys like Charles Barkley or Larry Bird or Michael Jordan. You know, if they were told by, and I hate to go back, you know, and, and, and cite those guys. He, <laughs> you know, like Julius Randle. Back in my day. Right. I, look at Julius Randle right now. I mean, he's yep. not 21, 22 anymore. He's played 63 games. Mm-hmm. He's one of those two guys that I just mentioned of a top 20 scorers that have played north of 60 games so far with what? 20 some odd games to go in an 82 game slate. He's one of those dudes that have done it. You go to guys like that and say, hey, I, I, we need you to take a night off. He's going to tell you, look, yeah, my sore, yeah, but I'm playing, damn it. Yeah. And, and so it, it's a mentality. Not It's not some old school thing. I think it's on the individual also every now and then to, to, to bark back and say, look, I'm on the road tonight in a venue that we don't get to go to every now and then, and I'm paid a hell of a lot of money to go in and out there and not just perform but win a bleeping game, and I'm going back out there. And I think that's why hearing what Anthony Edwards had to say at the All-Star game was great because it was a breath of fresh air coming from a player saying, hey, we need to play. This comes back to us, and we need to push back on this, and we need to make sure we're stepping up and holding up our end of the bargain, especially pairing that with what Charles Barkley said. As the salary cap continues to rise in the NBA, yes, you're going to be having guys making darn near $80 million a year, which is almost a million dollars per game. And at that price, man... 
so what? You, you cut off a year at the end of your career. You still made $80 million in one year. Like you, they're, they're, I understand what you're doing as a player, but at the same time, you've you got to focus a little bit more on the here and now, I think, in the NBA. For the longest time, Fitz, for the longest time, I have maintained that catch or not a catch is everybody's favorite game in the NFL because, well, they haven't been able to find it for you know the better part of a decade, two decades, something like that. That's Dez. <laughs> <laughs> that was not a catch, by the way. Not a catch. It was a catch, but no, go ahead. No, I'm, I'm a Packers fan. I'm not biased at all. Oh, uh, uh, catch, not a catch, but we apply it to baseball, and we discuss that coming up next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. It's time to play America's favorite game. Catch or not a catch, but not the <laughs> way that you think. Here on Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM, Channel 80 on your smart speaker. I'm Gabe Knight, so along with Ian Fitzsimmons. ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. Uh, so this was a question that you brought to our attention earlier today, Ian, um, but it's not football because I think that, well, no, I actually, nobody knows what a catch is because sometimes you have to catch it, no, have two no. feet in, and then you got to make yes, a football Brian move unless Green you're Bay in the Packers end zone. Don't. To this day, all these years <laughs> later, we still have no earthly idea what the hell is a catch or not a catch in, the, in, no idea. in college or pro football. So you decided, you know what, this is such a fun game to play in football, why not play it in baseball? Well, hold on now. Not not fun to play in football <laughs> at all. No matter which side you're on or where you may have wagered, whether it's the XFL, which, by the way, yes, you can wager on every game, futures right now, whatever, when it comes to the XFL also. But look, it's it drives everybody nuts Well, as to what is or is not a catch in, the, in, in, in football. This is one where I, I've, I've never understood this. Going back to when I was – Hell, man, a zygote. I mean, I, I just don't get it. I, so somebody explain this to me. And I'm being, okay. I'm dead serious. I'm not right. joking. Mm-hmm. More so on a home run than a foul ball. Okay. But in ba- like, so there was a St. Louis Cardinal that made this unbelievable catch. You know, goes over the wall. I think it was a St. Louis Cardinal. Goes, catches the ball in play against yep. the wall, right? So literally, or his glove was over the fence when he made the catch. But his momentum carried his body over the fence with the ball. Why isn't that a home run? Why isn't that a home run? Now, I did not wager on this particular game. I was just watching SportsCenter like anybody else. And I'm going, and I've long, I've I've wondered this going back to when I was 18, 28, 38. Now I'm 51. 
Why is that when you, if you catch the ball and it's over the fence and your momentum carries you out o- over the fence with the ball, why is that an out and why is that not a home run? I wish I had an answer for you because it's funny you mentioned this. I've often thought the same thing. So I've never really had a real job. Like I've done radio literally my entire life. The closest thing I ever had to a real job is uh, I did umpire. I umpired when I was younger in in high school, college. I played college baseball. So umpiring during the summer was an easy way to make money. And I was always told whenever I did these like softball tournaments, baseball tournaments that didn't necessarily have fencing all the way around because you're playing in the middle of nowhere and not everybody can afford the fencing, you know, up like up the up the baselines. If you caught a ball and then took it over a white line that signified out of play, that that was a catch and carry rule. Okay, so you caught it, it's an out, but then you carried it out of play, so now you're getting extra bases for being out of play. And I've always thought that that was the same thing. So, okay, I caught it, but now if there's a runner on, shouldn't a runner at least get an extra base? Because now I am out of play. The Past the, the wall is clearly out of play, right? That's out of play. You are no longer on the field. Yes, yes. you are out of play. So if a ball can doink off of Jose Canseco's head and go over the fence and count as a home run, I am with you. Like, the ball never touched the ground, and it is now out of play. That should be a dinger. Especially if you catch it against the wall. Or oh, even, yeah. in this particular instance, it was over the wall. Hell of a catch. Great grab. Yeah. But the momentum carried said center fielder out of play, over the wall. I've never understood why that is not a home run. So, okay, Stash Yankee, one of our producers. Stash, you're a diehard Kansas City Royals fan. Can you explain to us why that is an out and not a home run? And do you believe it should be a home run? Should be an out. He why, caught the ball. I, why? But Hold on a minute. But it went over the wall. Yeah, so did he. With the ball. Yes. So if, you catch, if you catch the football out of bounds, should that be a catch? He caught the ball. This isn't football. It's, it's not baseball. I, I had Stasha's back on that one. Bad, bad example, Gabe. Okay. All but, right. Well. All right. But if you catch the ball and it's it's at the it's at the wall over the wall and you go over, if the ball leaves the yard over the wall, is it or is it not a home run? Here's your football term: maintain possession. If he catches the ball, clears the wall, maintains possession. All right. Here's it's the other question. Out. Then here's the other part, Stosh. How do you know he didn't drop the damn thing when he hit the concrete on the oh. other side of the wall? Better start putting cameras back there. We'll review that. Oh, too. here we go. <laughs> Not more reviews. Not more reviews. Unless Dean Blandino's being transparent, I don't want any more damn reviews. Challenge flag. Eric, Eric H., man, what do you think, dude? I mean, is it an out or is it a home run? I've never understood it. I got to side with Stosh on this one because I've always played it where, you know, if, if you can make the play. You make the play. I, mean, I want then, then stay in the field of play. Don't have your momentum carry you over the fence. Well, I'm definitely biased because I made a play like that in Little League where I fell over the oh, fence dear. and made the catch. Oh, oh, man, all right, sure. so you got an orange slice afterward. Congratulations. I <laughs> you enjoyed your high C. Sometimes right. you look, your momentum's going to carry you where it carries you. But as long as you have possession of the ball, it's an out. Yeah, I, I, look, I, I could not disagree more. And I do believe that should be a home run. If your if your momentum carries you over the center field wall, so now we have a new dilemma of what a catch is or what not or it isn't a catch. Now I have this question for you, Gabe. Ooh. You were a an umpire mm-hmm. in college. Yep. What is the worst thing a parent ever said to you? Oh, 
so I, I can't remember the particulars, but I only threw Liar. one person. That's a blatant <laughs> lie. You know there's one guy that is stuck in your brain. Like, if I ever see him again, it's on. So I only, ejected, I only ejected one person ever. And it was a parent. It wasn't a coach. It wasn't a player. It's always it a parent. A parent in it, was, it was a parent. And I was behind the plate. And the person in the field that, you know, made a call, it was a bang-bang play at first base, called somebody out, and this mom behind me just chirped for the next half inning. And I told her, and, and she just, like, she was throwing everything under the sun at this guy. Expletives, calling him a, a fat, you know, you-know-what, and doing all this stuff. Finally, I just turned to her, I said, ma'am, you can't keep yelling at him. If you do, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eject you. Another bang-bang play, made the call, starts yelling. I immediately turned, tossed her. She refused to leave, refused to leave. So I finally went to the coach, that the team she was clearly rooting for. I go, coach, she's got to leave, otherwise this game is over. I'm not going to stand here or this game. So, yeah, sure enough, eventually she, she went to her car and drove away. But she was like, yeah, like, parents, great, man, I don't understand Proper parenting, parents. a great, great example for our youth, right? To mother Rue yeah. a little <laughs> it, was, it was 14 and under softball. What are we doing? What are we doing? That we're, that we're just... We're, we're throwing every excellent oh, you can think of at an man. umpire from the stands. I'll never get it. I, I, was, I, I coached Little League in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, just to give back to the community because I'd been there for so long in undergrad. Right? Mm-hmm. I figured I might as well give back. <laughs> and I have never been called worse things enough. in my life from our own parents, right? I mean, because <laughs> I took – I mean – you know, we, we we had this rule where everyone's going to play an inning, right? Well, yeah. in the playoffs, I mean, all of a sudden, little Johnny hadn't played yet, so we put little Johnny out in right field. Of course, what happens? Ball goes Ball to right. finds little Johnny, right? Yeah, and now every, every other parent except little Johnny's, even little Johnny's mom was like, why'd you put my son out there? Because he hadn't played yet. You're the one that was screaming <laughs> at me to play a little SOB, and next thing you know, he drops the ball. You're screaming at me for playing him. Every other parent's scaring me at me for playing little Johnny, and guess what? Little Johnny dropped the ball. Oh, pa- parents in Little League, man. Oh, Oof. mercy, son. Huh. That is a That's a harder task to try and manage than whether a catch is or is not a catch. I, I can't wait, though, to f- figure out how you bring catch, not a catch to the NBA. Next time I do a show with you, I can't wait for you to somehow bring that into the NBA since you found a way to bring it into Major League Baseball. Tributes are nice. Tributes are great. But when you do a tribute, there's kind of one mistake you can't make. You might want to get it right. Yeah, we're going to dive into that coming up. Three and outs next. Canty Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Part of the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 
This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. The stories we may have missed throughout the course of today's show. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM Channel 80. ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. He's Ian Fitzsimmons. I am Gabe Nigel. In for the guys today. And where we begin, Ian, it's... I, I am for any and all Jackie <laughs> Robinson tributes. This I'm a sucker amazing. for them. I'm however, I'm however... 42, man. 42. If you are going to honor the man... It seems reasonable to ask that you spell his name right, especially because it's not a hard name to spell. They got Robinson correct in the city of New York, a sign that was initially seen Sunday in Queens. Uh, But the Department of Transportation in New York City swinging and missing because they spelled Jackie, J-A-K-I-E. They spelled it Jakey. You need a C in there in order to get the Jackie in order to, you know, spell the Jackie Robinson uh, Expressway. Or, excuse me, right. just Jackie Robinson Parkway that you were trying what, to honor the man with. What God. meant some members, plural, right? It screwed this thing oh. up. First of all, the person who missed out on spelling Jackie correctly. And then, is somebody not proofreading this going, you know what, we might want to get this one right. So you, you got. Well, three, I went to Folsom the, Elementary School in Louisiana, and on our on the sign of my elementary school, when they put this new sign out, they misspelled elementary. I'm like, come <laughs> on, man! You, you're telling us how to spell? Are you, you kidding can't me? Do that. Can't do that. You cannot screw that up. So to whomever, the multiple people that missed this one, morons. Yeah. Three of them. The person who submitted, the person who's supposed to proofread, and then the person who then who was like it. crafting the sign. Like, come on. <laughs> Somebody along the way had to realize Jackie was not spelled correctly. Uh, we head back to the NFL for our second story here in Three and Out. Bill's defensive coordinator, Leslie Frazier, going to be taking a year off from coaching in 2023, but he re- uh, plans on returning to coaching in 2024. Coaching is, and, and you know this, you know, through your brother, like, Coaching is such a grind, and it takes a special oh. person to be able to do that and even be able to do it as long as Leslie Frazier has been doing it. I would not be surprised if this ends up being a trend where guys decide to kind of take a step back, recharge, and then get back into it. They missed the whistle. That's what Matt Rule told me. You know, when uh, when he left Carolina and was going to sit out for you know a, a stint in, in Nebraska, he went and interviewed and left the building, which – me and he told me, you know, just didn't feel right at first. And then he said, I missed the whistle. That's what coaches do. And at 63, I guarantee you, after one year, see Sean Payton, yep, no matter what you make in broadcasting or whatever, Leslie Frazier is one of those guys that's going to miss the whistle and he'll be a great coordinator for somebody else in the NFL. Yeah, don't know if it's going to be with the Bills, don't know who it's going to be with, but certainly he's going to be a hot name, I think, in 2024 when you start talking about, all right, who do you got want guys? Because that Bills defense has been really good over the last couple of years. A big reason has been Leslie Frazier. And then finally on three and out today, uh, Patrick Kane is on the move. The future Hall of Famer in the NHL has been traded to the New York Rangers uh, for a conditional second-round pick and a fourth-round pick. Seems to be a pretty big move for the Rangers, and who knows what's going to be happening in Chicago uh, with with all the issues that they have had to deal with. Now trading away one of the biggest stars in the NHL, Jonathan, who knows what's happening with Jonathan Taves going forward as he deals with post-COVID stuff. It's certainly the end of an era in Chicago. 
I mean, you think about what the Blackhawks were doing not long ago. I mean, multiple Stanley Cups, and now, I mean, how quickly the tide can turn. But Patrick Kane, for the, wearing a blue shirt, come on, it's man. It's going to be weird. Uh, that's right? a direct, that, that, this is a direct run at Boston. Because Bo- Boston right now, what are they, like, at 46 in the W column? I think they have eight or nine in the loss column. That's it? Mm-hmm. I mean, the Bruins are doing things that are just it, – it's its absurd. They got goalies scoring goals, bro. I mean, come <laughs> on, man. I mean, that's damn near illegal. I come mean, on. come on. I mean, wait, wait, wait. We're running a flying V? I mean, what are we doing in Boston? I mean, they're just – they're playing chess. And everybody else is playing checkers when goalies are scoring goals. This, by the Blue Shirts, is a remarkable move going. We are all in – we're not intimidated by Big Bad Boston. We're going to make a run in the Metropolitan. I love the move. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating once we hit a postseason uh, to see how quickly this gels together for the Rangers. It's, and again, what's fascinating to me about hockey trade sometimes, Blackhawks trade Patrick Kane to the Coyotes, who are uh, retaining 50% of the salary, and then they trade him to the Rangers, retaining 50% of his salary in exchange for additional picks. And so many Look. teams involved with that, trying to split up the salary of Patrick Kane. But all you need to know at the end of the day is he is now going to be a New York Ranger moving My on. My Blue Jackets are the worst Chicago team in Bears. hockey, so to hell with it. <laughs> this has been <laughs> Canty and Carly's Ian Fitzsimmons. I'm Gabe Nightsill. Coming up next, Joe and Amber, ESPN Radio, ESPN app. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.